Father, use the words that I speak for your glory. Amen. Today is the feast of Christ the King, the last day of our church's liturgical or worshiping year. And on this day, we celebrate this rather unusual feast that we call Christ the King, or some churches call the Reign of Christ. We're left with these readings that assert the supremacy of Jesus as King of all creations, as Sovereign Lord over the universe, as, and in our hymn, the one who should be crowned with many crowns as he is Lord of all. But is this really in line with what Jesus proclaims? Yes and no. The Feast of Christ the King was put on the church's calendar relatively recently, in 1925, to combat secularism and growing nationalism in Europe. The idea, in principle, was a good one because the aftermath of World War I saw most of Europe in shambles. People couldn't even remotely understand the evil behind the Christian empires of Europe at war with each other, a war that was so atrocious that over 21 million people globally were wounded and globally 20 million people died. The economies of all the European nations were shattered People who previously held firmly to their Christian beliefs seriously began questioning their faith or walking away altogether. And so the church stepped in and proposed this feast day. The idea behind it was good, but the way that it was applied or the way that it was interpreted by most people might actually conflict a little bit with Jesus with who he is, what he's about. After all, if we look at the history of God and the people of God in the Old Testament, God never wanted to set a king over the chosen people of Israel. God didn't want a king. The people demanded God to give them a king, but God did not want to give them a king. God wanted people to dwell in freedom and peace. God wanted people to dwell united with God and with one another for all time. God did not want the people to be a subject to be ruled. And this stands true for Jesus and for his ministry as well. Let me say a little bit more. We have another feast day that we celebrate on our liturgical calendar every year that might give us a better clue about this. And that feast day is a much more ancient one on the church calendar. It's called the Feast of the Transfiguration. We hear about it each Sunday, the Sunday right before Lent, and we hear about it every year on August the 6th. So we have them spaced out on about six months apart. We hear these readings twice every year. And on these commemorations, we hear this story. This story about Christ's glory being revealed to Peter, James, and John up on a mountaintop. And God's voice is cast over them saying, This is my son, my beloved. Listen to him. And the disciples are so moved by the experience, 
I'd probably say they were scared out of their minds. But they start building things, and they start commemorating this event. They propose that they're going to build three dwellings, one for Moses, one for Elijah, one for Jesus. And Jesus says, no, he doesn't want that. His very realm, often called the kingdom of God, is not about structures or buildings or simply about remembering anything or putting Jesus in charge to rule. The kingdom of God is about this new reality of life, this new reality of God's creation that Jesus is bringing into all the world. It's a reality for all the world to be drawn closer to the very heart of God, to be unified with God and one another, and to give everyone and every created thing a sense of ultimate belonging. And so our main takeaway today has to be about the kingdom of God more than anything else because Jesus talks about the kingdom of God more than any other topic in any of the Gospels. To him, his entire ministry, his entire life, his entire being is about proclaiming this new reality upon humankind forever. And so we know this, that as the stories of Jesus and his disciples go in the Gospels, the disciples keep getting this wrong. This transfiguration story we read twice every year reminds us of this. Maybe that's why we hear it twice. I don't know. And today's reading from John's Gospel tells us that even in Jesus' time, secular leaders misunderstand Jesus's message as well. When Pilate asks Jesus if he's a king, Jesus throws the question back on him both times. Being king in any kind of earthly concept is precisely what Jesus does not want to be. He does not want to rule over his subjects. He wants to proclaim being the sovereign in a realm called the kingdom of God. But that reality is not at all what the kingdom of the world looks like in its present state. Okay, if I've confused you, I need to offer an example of the kingdom of God. You have to be able to see this, to think about it, to see what it looks like. It's worth your time and your study to think about this because understanding the kingdom of God, even a little bit, will change your life forever. But I can tell you this. We have all experienced life in this kingdom already. Here's one example. One way the kingdom of God has changed us all is by our observance of Thanksgiving Day. Really? Yes. The kingdom of God is manifested in the most profound way in the United States every Thanksgiving day. Because Thanksgiving is the only day in America where every single person, every man, woman, child from any background, any culture, any income level, any level of education, any, any level of employment or unemployment, where absolutely everyone has as much food to eat as they want in a day. America does not go to bed hungry on Thanksgiving night. No one does. 
Every other day of the year, well, we try to do our best to take care of ourselves and one another, and many try to look out for the needs of others, but on Thanksgiving Day, we look out for absolutely everyone. The new heaven and the new earth that Jesus proclaims by his arrival into the world is made manifest on this fourth Thursday of November in the United States every year. It's an absolute blessing. It's an absolute miracle how it happens, but honestly, this phenomenon happens every year. Why only then? It doesn't have to be that way. But you can see just a little bit more about what Jesus is proclaiming. When you look at the way we honestly can and do live into this reality, His reality goes further than just feeding. But every Thanksgiving Day, there is a feeding miracle going on. The feeding of the 300 million. Not the 4,000 or the 5,000 along the Sea of Galilee. But the 300 million. The feast we share on Thanksgiving Day is indeed a sign of the ushering in of the kingdom of God and our societal willingness to usher in Christ's reign upon us right here and right now. Christ the King sounds strange because even to Jesus it sounds strange. Our language and our culture limit us in this capacity. But just imagine if we championed the reign of Christ and invited the Spirit of the Lord to fall upon us, bringing good news to the poor, freedom for those wrongfully imprisoned, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor upon absolutely every human being we can talk to, touch, see, and communicate with. What a kingdom. What a new reality. What a new possibility for a new world order that would include absolutely everyone and exclude nobody. This is how we make Christ our King. In the love that we're able to cultivate within ourselves, within our communities, and within the world. Can you imagine the possibilities? But it requires the cultivation of a whole lot of love. When we commit to making Christ our King, we find new ways to build bridges of hope. We create pathways to blessedness for everyone, and we commit to serving the common good for the sake of Jesus and for his love for the whole world. In the words of Paul VI, who was the one who first proclaimed designating this Sunday as Christ the King Sunday, If Christ has given all power in heaven, if Christ is given all power in heaven and on earth, it must be clear that not one of our faculties is exempt from his empire. He must reign in our minds. He must reign in our wills. He must reign in our hearts. And we must cleave to him alone. He must reign in our bodies, which can serve as instruments as instruments of justice unto God. This is the reign of Christ that we celebrate today. This is the feast of Christ the King that we strive for. 
We've already seen how it plays out on Thanksgiving Day every year. So what do we do now? How do you commit? How can we make even one more day one that counts? A day that channels God's love in such a way that everyone sees their place in God's kingdom. That everyone experiences love and belonging. That everyone knows that they are blessed. This is our work, my friends, and it will continue to be our work for our entire lives. And with God's help, the reign of Christ will only grow further and bless more people each and every day of our lives because of you. Christ's kingdom needs you. Our church year is now ending, but Jesus' call on our hearts for ministry Jesus' call on our hearts for ministry in God's kingdom starts again today. How do you answer that call?